On Saturday in the UN Senate over in Europe, the representative of Ukraine, he made a statement. He turned to the representative of Russia, and this is what he said. He said, Sir, you need to pray for your soul's salvation. You need to pray for your soul's salvation. Now, I don't know how much that man knows about the gospel. I don't know how much tonight, as we bring this meeting to a close, how much you even know about the gospel. But that man said something that struck my heart for this meeting tonight. You need to pray for your soul's salvation. My text tonight, and you don't need to turn to it, is found in 1 Peter chapter 9. And the Apostle Peter says these words, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. And I want you just to think very briefly with me for a moment or two tonight about soul salvation. Because we live in a world tonight, dear friends, and we're so taken up with the things that we see. So taken up with the things that are temporal. And even Linda, she gave testimony tonight. So often we can be distracted, even as she said in her earlier years. The Bible says not to look at the things that are seen because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And you know, dear friends, tonight it weighs heavy upon our heart that every single one of us, saint and sinner alike, are on a journey out into eternity tonight. And I want you to remember these words as they would burn into your mind, as they burned into my heart, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. And I want you to think of this for a moment, that salvation is essential. There's many things that you and I can do without. Over lockdown and over that period of time where we were uh, locked away from society, there was many things that you and I discovered that we didn't really need. There were so many things that we had props and crutches in our life that whenever the crises are came, we didn't really need them. But you know, dear friends, whenever you come to salvation, you need it. This is something that's absolutely essential because Peter says it's the salvation of your soul. Your soul. And I've been thinking even today all around the world, men and women, whenever death has come and their soul has departed their body and no man has power over his spirit in the day of death. And that soul goes out over the threshold into eternity, either into heaven or either into hell. And it's not there for a week or two weeks or ten years or a hundred years. It's not there for probation. It's there for the one word that's mentioned once in all of your Bible. It's the word eternity. Eternity. Do you know, dear friend, tonight as we come to a close and it's just coming 10, 10 to 7, you're going out into eternity. 
And the Apostle Peter says this, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. I wonder, is your soul saved? Because we in Northern Ireland, you know, we're, at, we're, we're experts at pointing out the faults in others. We're experts in seeing the shortcomings of others and seeing what others need to do. But I wonder in this meeting, if you're not saved, have you ever discovered this is something that you need to do? And it'll not matter if you've been born in a Christian family. It'll not matter if you read your Bible and know Genesis to Revelation off by heart. Unless you're saved, born again by the Spirit of God, you'll never get into heaven. God's not interested in degrees. God is not interested in how well educated or how rich or how much manners or how much morals or how much money you have. God is interested in the salvation of your soul. Paul said to Titus that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. And this message tonight, this message of the gospel, is not just for a certain group of men. It's not just for people that were really, really bad. It's not just for the alcoholics and the drug addicts and murderers and those men and women that are down in the gutter of sin. Salvation is not just for them. It's salvation is for all men. No matter if you were baptized as a child, you'll still need salvation. No matter if you were brought up under the catechism and you know it back to front, you'll still need salvation. No matter if you're the biggest loyalist or Protestant or nationalist or Republican in our land, you'll need salvation. The little chorus says, S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. No, I can't get to heaven without salvation. I wonder, do you have it? Because there's millions around the world that don't and they're going out into eternity and you could be one of those numbers. Salvation is not only essential, but salvation is personal. Because Peter, he says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. And you and I, we all have precious things. There's people in this house tonight, and there's a man that doesn't live too far away from me, and he's a lovely car. And let me tell you, it's precious to him. Because if I put a scope on it in the morning, I'd I'd, I'd know all about it. Some of you people here today, you've got big tractors and you've got big houses and you've got lovely jewelry at home and they're precious to you. But let me tell you, dear friends, when you come into the realm of the soul, it outweighs all the earthly possessions that men and women can can accumulate. And whenever Belshazzar, that old ungodly king that was mocking the things of God and belittling the things of eternity, whenever he desecrated the, the holy to the holy things of God, the finger came on the wall, and this is what it says, and it was God's hand that wrote it, thou art weighed in the balance, and found wanting. Have you ever thought about your soul? Have you ever thought about eternity? Have you ever thought about the day when you're going to die, and you're going to die? If you were in Ukraine and bombs were coming down through the roof. If you were like that that old man that was driving through the streets of Kia on Friday 
driving along and the Russian tank turned and drove over the top of him. Where would you be? Some of you young people went home and you took drugs the way you maybe did last week and you took a bad drug. And you went out into eternity. You see, Peter says it's your soul. It's not your money, it's your soul. But salvation is not only essential and it's not only personal. Let me tell you this, salvation's wonderful. And I'm glad that I'm saved. Because the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And the day that I got saved and the day that our sister got saved and many in this meeting got saved, I'm sure that every single one of us can identify and say we got something that day that we were glad that we got. Something that satisfied the longing of our soul. Something that the broken cisterns of this world could never satisfy. But the day that we were saved, the day when we came honestly and sincerely and humbly to God and repented of our sin, turned to Christ, we got wonderful salvation. But salvation is not only essential and it's not only personal and it's not only wonderful. Let me say this to you before I go on. Thank God it's eternal. Because the Son of God that died on the cross that paved the way and provided salvation in order that you may be saved even tonight with all of your sin and all of your baggage and all of the past that no one else knows anything about because he died on the center cross and rose again. He's able to save you in this meeting tonight. And the Bible says that he became the author of eternal salvation. I'm glad that whenever a man or woman comes to the Lord and puts her trust in him and is born again like her sister, I'm glad that while we stumble and fall and come short, all may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. I'm glad that he could say, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Eternal. And I wonder tonight in this meeting where your soul's heading out. What destination are you bound for? Well, what's going to happen whenever you die? What's going to happen if the Lord comes back and he's coming back? And as her sister said, that fear was in her heart. If the Lord came back, would you be left behind? Because he's only coming for his own. And that's why the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And there's so many of us, when you all do it, we say tomorrow, next week, you can go to your work tomorrow. You can make plans tomorrow. But dear friends, don't leave salvation to tomorrow. For you may never see the dawn of another day. That's why the psalmist said that my God is the God of salvation. That's why the Bible talks about the, the garments of salvation. If you're a sinner tonight in this meeting, dressed in your rags of self-righteousness, and you're trying to win merit with God, maybe you do a daily reading before you go to bed. 
Maybe you go to your church and maybe you put money into your into the collection and maybe you're a good person and you, you're trying to win merit with God and the Bible says that all our righteousness, all our good works are as filthy rags. But the day that a man or woman gets saved and realizes that there on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only Savior and He's the one that's able to deal with my sin. He's the one that's able to deal with the chains and the addiction and the past and all that I've done. He, that man that died for me, is able to take it all away. And whenever you come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I have a soul that needs to be saved. Will you save me? You know what he'll do? He'll not only save you, but he'll take you out of those old rags. Those old stinking, filthy, beggar rags of sin that you're walking around in. And he'll take you out of rags and you know what he'll do? He'll put you into robes. He'll bring you from being an enemy of God to bring you into the family of God. He'll do something for you in that moment that you can never work for, can never pay for, can never do anything to merit for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man shall boast. But you'll remember, and with this a close, you'll remember whenever Paul and Silas, you'll remember whenever they went into Philippi, in Acts chapter 16. You'll remember there, whenever they were walking down the streets, there was a young girl, and she was possessed with the devil, demons. And she followed them, and this is what she said, these men be the servants of the Most High God that show unto us the way of salvation. Because there is a way. There is a way tonight that you can get to know God. There is a way that you can have all the chains of sin broken and released in your life. There is a way that you can leave this meeting tonight and absolutely transform man or woman, never to be the same again. There is a way that God can release you and save you and cleanse you and wash you and keep you. There is a way. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation than any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. And there's some of you young people here tonight, and let me tell you, dear young people, you're on a way, but you're on the wrong way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You say to me, Stephen, well, what is the way? Uh, How do I prepare to meet God? Because it's not a question if I meet him, it's really the question is when I meet him. Stephen, how is it that I prepare for eternity? Because it's not really the question if I go to eternity, it's when I go. How do I get right with God? How do I prepare to meet the Lord? How do I receive this soul salvation? What do I do? Well, I'll tell you first of all what you'll need to do. You'll need to repent of your sin. You'll need to turn. You'll need to do a 180 degree turn from sin. And this is what the Lord Jesus said in the first message that he ever preached. He says, repent. And you need to get to a place in your life where you're not just going to make a decision and say, I want to get into heaven for that will not work. But you'll need to get to a place in your life where you say, I hate this sin that I'm doing. I hate it. 
I hate the drink, I hate the immorality, I hate the religion, I hate it all, I hate it, it doesn't satisfy. And you begin to loathe your sin. The moment that you see sin as being exceedingly sinful in the eyes of God, you're on a good path. But it's not just enough to be remorseful for your sin, and it's not just enough to be sorry for your sin. You'll need to turn from your sin. You need to do a 180 degree turn and say, I'm going to turn from darkness onto light. And not only repent, you'll need to believe. Because the Philippian jailer, that day that he was going to commit suicide, he said, what must I do to be saved? The Apostle Paul said, believe. Believe in yourself, Donovan. Believe in your church. No, no. Believe in your prayer. Not at all. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You'll need to repent. You'll need to believe, but there's one more thing you need to do. And Peter mentions it in this verse. He says, receive. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. And you know, dear people tonight in this meeting, God has got something to give to you tonight that you'll not buy in the shop. God has got something to give to you that the world can never give, can never buy or bargain on your behalf. The gift of God is eternal life. But you'll need to take it. You'll need to take it. I'm sure you all seen the pictures whenever the Russians were coming over into Kiev the other day and there was a bridge and they were just about to drive over it with their tanks. And there was one Ukrainian soldier and they laid mines upon the bridge and they couldn't detonate it quick enough. And that young man, only in his 20s, he ran out and he says, I'll do it myself. And he hit the button and blew the bridge up and he went up with it. You know, dear friends, let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ paid for your sin himself. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your works. He doesn't need your effort. Because there on the cross of Calvary, he says, I'll do it myself. And the Bible says that he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And the cry that left my blessed Savior's lips was, it is finished. It is finished. What a gospel. Nothing has been left to do but to take with grateful gladness what the Savior's done for you. I wonder tonight if the representative of Ukraine, instead of being in the UN Security Council, was here tonight. But he need to look into the eyes of some young person and say, you need to pray for your soul's salvation. But he need to look into the eyes of some of you mothers or fathers and say, now it's time that you prayed for your soul's salvation. Because that door of opportunity will soon be closed. The day of God's divine justice and wrath will come. Behold now, 
is the accepted time. Behold now. Now is the day of salvation.